What is up and welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. What's up? Jeremy Rushing here with you for episode 129. We are presented by SodaSoccer.com, of course, your new home for soccer coverage in the North. And alongside me, as always, Mr. Dominic Jose Bazonio. Dom, how are we doing? I'm doing great. I want, I want to give a shout out to after um, Minnesota United's opening match, we, we of course had uh, our season opener of of post loons and i want to give a huge shout out to jacob and john i watched back their episode uh mm-hmm. later the full thing and uh, i thought they did a really good job so i yeah, want they did want to give a shout out to those guys for that uh other than that yeah just uh, a lot of interesting stuff to talk about nice to have nice to have uh, actual competitive soccer to talk about for minnesota united yes. instead of conjecture about a friendly we didn't see uh so (laughs) you know that that, that's gonna be fun but uh yeah a lot lot going on a lot of lower league stuff to talk about too so excited excited for all of it yes and as if you are watching on youtube you will obviously see that you can now watch our podcasts on youtube uh youtube.com slash soda soccer i believe gets you where you need to go i think we have the link but uh, if that doesn't work, just go on YouTube and search Soda Soccer, and you will be able to watch 10,000 pitches, watch Dom and I see our beautiful faces as we discuss the latest go- goings-on in the world of Minnesota soccer. And on top of that, starting next week, Dom, uh, we are going to kind of open up a, a cool little opportunity for those who are supporting us on Patreon and supporting us in a big way on Patreon. So... You know patreon.com slash soda soccer. You can get bonus content, early access content, support our work. We have a $10 a month Patreon tier called who we call the super subs. Um, and these people have graciously decided to donate quite a bit uh, and, and lend quite a bit of money to, to support the work that we're doing. And so we've been kind of brainstorming different ways that we can sort of give back or provide kind of next, next level opportunities, next level content, next level um, things for those people who are supporting our work in that big of a way. So starting next week, next Thursday, March 9th, if you are a $10 a month Soda Soccer Super Sub at patreon.com slash Soda Soccer, you'll be able to watch live, join us live for the 10,000 Pitches podcast. 10 a.m. on Thursdays is when we record. You'll be able to join us live on the podcast. You'll be able to act ask questions live on the podcast, contribute live to the podcast as we, uh, as we record. So join us there. If that sounds like something you would like to be interested in, or it sounds like something you would like to do, some sounds like something you are interested in, uh, become a $10 a month super sub at patreon.com slash soda soccer. And you will get that opportunity. And we're continuing to brainstorm more ways that we can bring value to those people who are giving, you know, you know, donating you know providing so much for what we do it's a huge part of how we can support our content contributors and things like that um so you get those 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 patrons and we're really really you know thankful for that support and so any way we can sort of give back and provide more to those who are providing for us uh we will try to do that so starting next thursday uh 10 a.m central time uh patreon.com slash soda soccer if you're in that ten dollar tier you'll be able to join us live pretty exciting stuff hey dom yeah absolutely um it's 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 really fun having the uh uh sort of audience engagement and all that with postlings obviously it'd be fun to have a little bit of that with this and uh yeah look looking looking forward to uh people knowing more and more about uh early thursday mornings of my life so yeah 
<laughs> yes you know sometimes we're looking a little tired you know sometimes for me it was a rough morning getting the girls out the door sometimes for dom he had a late night doing some writing for the newspaper um but uh we are here every thursday at 10 recording so we figure why not bring some of those people in who are supporting supporting us and, and helping us out so that is starting next week but in any case no matter if you're a patron or not you can uh, check us out on youtube and watch the video there after the fact at uh, youtube.com slash soda soccer. Okay, uh, what else do we have? What other housekeeping items do we have on the agenda? Oh, we got to shout out some new patrons here, Dom. Uh, hold on one second while I pull this up. So we, uh, speaking of our Patreon, we have gotten a ton of new patrons in over the month of February. Shout out Jacob Schneider for providing some uh, Minnesota United collectibles uh, for us to give away on our Patreon. Um, you know, you never know what you're going to be able to get or do on our Patreon. We had a special, you know, match day thread going on Patreon as well, um, that we were excited to provide. So yes, very, very cool stuff, but, um, huge shouts out to DSJ, Josh Senso, Eric Soderstrom, Matthew Kleiss, Nikki Calvin. Uh, somebody just put their first name, Eric. That's okay. Eric, shout out to you. Uh, Zach Zwadzik. Uh, Nick Vorpal, Alex, David Green, Damon Runyon, Kelly Jordan, Jack Larson. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Those are the latest patrons that we've gotten over at patreon.com slash soda soccer. You can contribute to our Patreon for as low as $3 a month and support our work. If you're in the $5 tier, you get that bonus content. And of course, you're in the $10 tier. Um, you get in our super sub wall of fame at, at our soda soccer.com. And you can also tune in live to our 10,000 pitches podcast and contribute live to the podcast. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, patreon.com slash soda soccer. Huge thanks to everybody who has been supporting us. It allows us to do things like go to Dallas, Dominic, which I did. Uh, me and my four-door Dodge Ram that I was not expecting <laughs> to have waiting for me at the rental car place. They told me it was going to be a Corolla or similar too. And it turns out they were out of those. But they had, you know, as as there probably are in Texas, as I assume there are in Texas, a plethora of pickup trucks to choose yes. from. Uh, so when I was, in Rome, if you will, when you in know. Rome, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I got the four door Ram. Luckily, everything's very wide open and spacious out in Dallas, so not too many tight turns. It's not like you know the equivalent of driving through downtown St. Paul in a four door pickup truck, which I have to imagine is not easy. Uh, no, it was not. It was not a very difficult trip. Um, the three and a half hours of sleep I got after the game was not a lot of fun, uh, but well worth it to be able to go down there and, uh, and take in the season opener live, which ended up being, of course, a one nil season opening win for the loons. Um, we'll go kind of, I guess we'll just jump right into this. Uh, lineup was a four, two, three, one or a four, three, three. The official lineup graphic was four, two, three, one. But it really ended up being a 4-3-3 with Robin Lud really more hanging on the defensive side of the midline. Um, the back line was Kamar Lawrence, Miguel Tapias, Michael Boxall, and Zarek Valentin starting for DJ Taylor, who's been coming back from a tendonitis issue. Um, Will Trapp, Kervin Ariaga, and Robin Lud were kind of in the midfield there. And then your front line saw Frago Fragapane on the left, Mender Garcia up top, and Mangakuli Hongwane on the right. Uh, Dom, when, when you kind of saw this lineup play out, you know, when, when I saw the four, two, three run graphic, I was like, okay, they're going to kind of roll with this. They're going to put load at the 10. He's going to take the Reynoso role and we're going to see what happens, but it really ended up being more defensively shaped, which I anticipated it would probably be without Amino Reynoso in the lineup. 
Yeah, and I mean, you know, look, uh, particularly, frankly, I think particularly in MLS, teams post graphics that don't actually reflect what the team's actually doing all the time anyway. So, you know, that that's if Minnesota United want to dabble in that game, that's fine with me. Uh, I, I thought the actual way they played and set up was, was you know, pretty smart for the situation they're in. Obviously, being with Reynoso being gone. Um, and yeah, I, I thought, I mean, I, well, we have stages of this we're going to jump through, but but just in terms of the 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 general prep who played the what was the the concepts going into the game i think we saw uh you know a, a minnesota united that that had a plan and it was a pretty good plan it was a plan that worked uh, but it was also a plan that took into account who they actually had who they actually had to play with and uh you know i think really across the pitch we saw players step up players say like valentine that we didn't necessarily expect to be watching in the first place that actually put together some really good performances so I think uh, we'll we'll get into more details from here, but I think just flat out, uh, you know, it, it, it was a uh, impressive and encouraging show of um, of, uh, of of football intelligence, yeah, uh, from the sideline and, and and of course from the players as well. Yeah, I mean, it was you know, it was similar. It was reminiscent to me of of the 2019 team, the way they played in this match. You know, just very you know, pl- pack it in a little bit, play deeper. Um, take your wingers and your central midfielders or play them close to the midline or even, I mean, I saw Fragapane and Hongwane for the most part of the game playing on the defensive side of the midline. That probably had to do with the fact that Dallas had 62% possession, but, um, you know, they were very, they were not poaching up top near the box, you know, looking to, you know, uh, score a goal at any point. It was really, and Mender Garcia even at striker, the, the whole first half, his main, you can see his main focus was back pressing. His main focus was almost being that first line of defense as the striker. Um, so, and that's really what accounted for the quiet first 45 for me was just so defensively focused, making sure that Dallas's, you know, endless number of weapons weren't really able to get much um, in terms of goal scoring opportunities. I mean, there were a couple, couple of uh, chances off set pieces. Dallas had, I believe, seven corners in the first half. Uh, so inevitably when you get seven corners, there's going to be, there's going to be at least a couple close calls there. Um, uh, one in particular, Tapias and Boxall were kind of caught napping. Um, and I believe it was Paxton Pomichol who uh, had a, had a glancing header that ended up wide, but for the most part, I mean, the whole 90 plus was really defensively sound, but um, on the attacking front for the loons, a very quiet first 45, as I mentioned, two shots, none on goal, only a 0.09 XG. Kervin Ariaga did almost destroy the crossbar with a missile-free kick from way out. Uh, that was, I mean, you could hear the crowd in Dallas let out a, a collective like, oh, <laughs> when that thing banged <laughs> off the crossbar because it's coming in at about 150 miles an hour and the clang yeah. was very loud. Um, he's he's such a good uh, free kick taker, Ariaga. I, I really like what he can bring, which is, you know, without Ariaga, that's something that you would, without Reynoso, I should say, excuse me, that's something you would expect Minnesota United really lacks is a real dangerous free kick taker. But I do think Ariaga is a, is a high, high quality kind of second option there. And you saw even with Reynoso last year in the lineups, a lot of times it was Ariaga, the one stepping up to take that, take that set piece. So um, we're sort of finding ways that Minnesota could move on and find success without Reynoso. The sustainability of a lot of that is questionable. I think we have to see that play out over a longer term. But, you know, the Ariaga free kick being an example of the of one of these things, 
you know, you can start to see the ways that Minnesota United can play that can actually bring them success, even without one of the best players in the league on the field. Yeah, and I mean, uh, uh, to a certain extent, we don't know how if this game had not been against Dallas, who have a, a, a quite strong front line. We don't know if this is the approach they would have had, right? I mean, yeah. we have one game, so I, I think for the game that Minnesota United had to play, Dallas on the road. Uh, with the injuries, with the absent players, et cetera. I, I think they picked a very effective way to, to play things. You know, it, it's worth noting, you know, while Minnesota very much was kind of on the back foot for that that first half, majority of times, as you mentioned, very little attacking really happening in general from the Loons. Uh, at the same time, Dallas were doing very poor in their attack. They had a lot of the ball. They had chances. But they had one shot on goal. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, and it got saved quite confidently by Dane Sinclair. Mm -hmm. So it, I, I think that the sort of underlying story of that first half for me was that despite being under quite a bit of pressure, the Minnesota back line, and, and to a certain degree, the, the midfielders ahead of them, uh, did, did a pretty good job surviving a, a really stressful 45 minutes. Uh, and, you know, of course, you had players making their debuts for the teams. You had players like Ariaga coming back from a, a green card journey that, that had him yeah. absent for some time. So I saw a group of guys that for 45 minutes were able to put together a pretty confident defensive performance against a team that, as far as we know, is going to be good attacking this year. I guess we don't know for sure if Dallas are going to be that way this year, but we can assume. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I thought there was a lot of positives to take away from that. That being said, uh, you know, at home, home crowds going to expect a little more in the first half. Certain games where maybe you don't have a Dallas front line, there's going to be more room to attack more and maybe rely less on that sort of bunkering down. But, uh, mm. but yeah, you know, I, I thought quiet half, but at the same time, there, there were aspects of that quietness that you could take positives away from because in theory, uh, that shouldn't be a quiet half and that should be Minnesota's, you know, crawling across the line to get to the second half with this, you know, bunker down mentality. So I, I thought yeah. they, they pulled it off. Well. And then the second half, you kind of saw the difference. Um, and this is sort of, not not counter, but how often did we see the second half sort of go the opposing team's way last right. season or even over the last couple seasons where it seemed as if, um, you know, a majority of the more effective adjustments were being made on the opposing side, not necessarily on Minnesota's side. Uh, we saw that flipped in this one. Completely different second half. Garcia scores the lone goal early on in the 48th minute, uh, jumping on a rebound following a rocket volley from Franco Fragapane. Um in total, six shots and four on target after the break. Again, after only getting two shots and none on goal in the first 45. Uh, but in addition to the attacking quality, we did not see the perf defensive performance suffer either. You know, you would expect, especially with this Minnesota team, it's usually one or the other. Usually they're scoring four goals and getting a 4-4 draw or uh, grinding out a nil-nil draw, one-nil win, whatever it is. Um but I think we saw both of those aspects, both the attack and the defense, sort of come together in a way where, yes, they were creating more chances, but they were still really limiting Dallas's chances. I mean, 62% yeah. possession for Dallas and only one shot on goal the entire match. Right. You know, that really says something about the way Minnesota was able to, A, increase their attacking quality in the second 45, but still maintain that defensive quality as well. Yeah, to your point, you know, I think particularly with the uh, the newer defenders, Valentin and Tapias, and actually I'll, I'll give, on the Valentin note, I'll give uh, uh, Jacob Schneider some credit here because I think he'd mentioned this on post and planned the season ahead. But uh, with Valentin, 
uh, particularly. You, you saw both players have a little bit of a, of a rougher first half, to be honest, and actually mm -hmm. do a lot better in the second half. But, yep. You know, Valentin actually had a really fantastic second half, and, and Tapia's did as well. So, uh, yeah, in, in a in a funny way, as the, uh, the pressure released a little bit, you actually saw a lot of those defenders actually step up and get even more involved and uh, a little more precise. So, I mean, that that was great to see. Uh, yeah, as you noted, Minnesota often suffers the reverse of that. So instead, to see the defensive performance actually sort of lift up the uh, offensive performance was was really cool. Uh, I, I was really impressed by by I know a lot of people were impressed by Ariaga. I certainly was as well. I was really impressed actually by Mender Garcia. I know that some people had mixed feelings, but I, I was really impressed by what he was able to do um, mm -hmm. in the second half. I know that he didn't have a lot of touches. I know he didn't have a lot of time in the ball. And I know that his goal is obviously following up another player's shot in Fragapane, but I actually thought that he did a really good job of creating moments for himself. I think it's worth noting that he actually would have been credited with the assist for that Fragapane goal if it yes. had gone in. He did a very good job of chesting down a pretty wild <laughs> looping cross into the box to set that up. Ends up being in good position to, to follow up there. And then, of course, pretty unlucky not to get that second goal and that one that sort of 1v1.5 situation that he found himself in running into the box. So I was I was pretty impressed by what he was able to do as this sort of like solo man up front, uh, which isn't necessarily a role that I, I knew for sure he could pull off, but he certainly pulled it off uh, against Dallas. Uh, and, and you know, Tapias as well has been a storyline throughout this preseason, and I thought he showed up really well in his first game. I think he um, clarified what, what the hype was about uh, with, with a really mm -hmm. good performance, a really For good sure. partnership with Boxel in their first time doing so on a competitive level. Uh, I was really impressed. I mean, his, his stats were great. I think his passing percentage was close to 90%. Uh, he had like eight or nine clearances, similar amount of recoveries. He had a really good uh, performance to my eye, but also um, statistically. So, yeah, I, I thought really top to bottom, there were a lot of guys that really stepped up against Dallas. Uh, and I, I think what's great to see is that this is a Minnesota United team that is capable of that. I think that was the question, you know, preseason, to be perfectly frank, Minnesota United's preseason wasn't particularly good, uh, not just because of who was missing, but also because they lost most of their games. Uh, yeah. And when they didn't lose, they drew like, you know, two, two or something, which isn't necessarily encouraging. So um, I, I think it wasn't clear to me what kind of fight this team was going to have without Reynoso there uh, and, and, and actually with a couple other people gone as well uh, as eventually happened. Uh, and then what we actually saw was a group that was really ready to fight for, for yeah. some points. Uh, and so that is really good to see. I, they made the, the point on post loons that it's slightly unfortunate. They don't play this weekend to carry that momentum, but yeah, it is what it is. There's also a lot of guys that need to get healthy. So maybe that's Correct. Kind, of, uh, kind of a double edged sword kind of thing there, mm. but uh, yeah. I saw a lot of encouraging things. Yeah, I'm I'm going to the Red Bulls game, and I was yep. going to go anyways. But after seeing that performance, it's it's very encouraging to see like okay, we're we're going to see a, a group that whatever the situation is with Emmanuel Reynoso and any of these other injured players, they're going to be ready to to go for it and fight for it. So, uh, yeah, again, just just very encouraged by what I saw. Yeah, I mean, if you look at just the foot mob. Um match or player ratings all the interior midfielders and defenders received at least a 7.1 rating on foot mob which is very very good it's in the green um and then of course Kervin Ariaga, the man of the match with an 8.2 star rating he was on the bench for this week's mls team of the week 
as well. Uh, thought maybe he deserved a little bit more than that with his performance. But I mean, that's kind of the thing about, uh, you know, Ariaga's position in the defensive midfield. You're going to do a lot of work and it's going to be high quality, but it's not necessarily going to make the headlines. Right. If you would have banged in that free kick, he would probably be player of the week potentially. But uh, actually, and I don't yeah. think anybody's uh, top and Tiago made up the player of the week. But yeah. Um, yeah, just, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with every single thing you said. I can't really look at a single player on the pitch on Saturday and said they performed poorly. Everybody seemed to put in a good shift. Even Bongi on the right, you know, he didn't necessarily make much happen in the attack, but that really wasn't what he was tasked to do on Saturday. Yeah. He was tasked to really kind of be a first line of defense on the right. And in training this week, Zarek Valentin said, you know, Bongi, he thought Bongi did a really good job in front of him, sort of helping him take on the task of marking a guy like Alan Velasco. You sort of need some help when you're marking Alan Velasco. That kid is extremely good. And it's a, it was a big task for Valentin in his first start to sort of have that matchup. And so, you know, Bongi, did, I think Bongi did a really good job uh, you know, helping out with that as well in the defensive uh, defensive half as well. So um, all in all, I think, yeah, a quality performance that you can build off of for Minnesota United, especially when you factor in you're missing your starting striker in Luis Samaria, who hadn't met, hadn't made it back yet from getting his green card. Um, obviously, you're missing Emmanuel Reynoso. DJ Taylor did not play, who was one of your brightest young players last year. Um, you're on the road. Uh, you know, a lot of factors, you know, this team, this could have ended 2-1 Minnesota United, or excuse me, 2-1 FC, 2-0 two, two FC Dallas. And, you know, we could be sitting here talking about, well, you know, it was 2-0. We thought it would be. Maybe there's still a lot to take away from this from a Minnesota United right. perspective. Moral victories. I kind of I kind of thought coming in this would be kind of a moral victory game for Minnesota where they would lose maybe 1-0, 2-1, 2-0. But, you know, as long as they played well and you were able to take something away from it, I thought that was maybe best case scenario. But they came in and they got the job done. And they got three points on the road to start. And, you know, as, as we've kind of mentioned, all these hurdles in Minnesota's way this season, every point is going to count. So very, very crucial to get those three points early on. And uh, and they did. Um, other notes, Hassani Dotson makes his first official appearance after tearing his ACL early last season. Really good to see him on the pitch coming on in the 63rd minute. Uh, Joseph Rosales and Ariaga joined the team late in the week after successfully receiving their green cards. As I mentioned, Amaria actually still in Paraguay as of Wednesday. Um, waiting to return home after receiving his green card. Um, evidently, the, they still have his passport, and he hasn't gotten his, gotten it back yet, so he can return home, um, which is evidently a normal part of that process. So, um, but uh, another another positive, a personal positive from this. Uh, so we we launched this partnership with Better Edge, BetterEdge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R Edge.com, and each week through this partnership, we're going to kind of be making a pick. Uh, I'm going to be making a pick for a minute for the Minnesota United match, whether it's the over under, whether it's picking Minnesota, whether it's picking the opponent. Um, I will be sort of making a pick uh, as it relates to Minnesota United's match uh, matchup that weekend. You can either pick to kind of ride with me on that pick and back me on that pick, or you can actually pick against me. Uh, so head to betteredge.com right now, B-E-T-T-O-R-Edge.com slash loons. When you sign up, you will get $20 in your account for free. And if you're at, if you rode with me this week, you made some money. My pick was under 2.5 total goals. I thought, you know, with, with the defensive additions that Minnesota has made uh, in the off season and Dallas's real inconsistency in scoring multiple goals last year. Um, and then of course, 
we didn't really know what to expect from Minnesota's attack, but I don't think any of the expectations were necessarily very positive. Um, I thought the under was a, actually a pretty safe bet looking league wide and sort of making picks in our MLS pick'em contest. I kind of thought the under was one of the better picks, uh, more obvious picks this week. And it did hit uh, with only the one goal. So if you rode with me, you made some money. Um, if you didn't, sorry about it. Um, but as I just mentioned, in addition to kind of making our picks each week, we're also going to be hosting an MLS Pick'em contest each week over at uh, at BetterEdge.com. So even though Minnesota United's not playing, the MLS Pick'em contest continues for week two. Um, a little bit later on in the show in top four, Dom and I are kind of going to be making our uh, our picks on who we think is, is the best bet to win uh, their match this coming weekend on the MLS schedule. So we'll be doing that a little later on, but it's all presented by our friends at Better Edge. So again, B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com, Minneapolis-based company, kind of revolutionizing the social betting industry. They don't take fees. They're not a, a sports book that is going to profit off of your loss, which is actually why this is legal in Minnesota because gambling is not legal in Minnesota, but Better Edge is because they don't profit off your loss. They are not a sports book. It's social betting. So you're kind of betting with and against other people, with the community, if you will. Um, so if that sounds like something you're interested in, uh, B E T T O R edge.com, use that promo code loons, or just use our link betteredge.com slash loons, and you'll get $20 in your account. And to be honest, when you do that, we get a little bit of a kickback as well. So if you want to support us, that's a great way to do that again, betteredge.com slash loons. Um, moving on from the match here, Dom loons now enter this bye week with their full allotment of international roster spots taken up. They actually started last week with 12 international spots or 12 international players for eight spots. They, uh, they released Alan Benitez. uh, So that freed up one spot. And then you had three guys get their green cards in Ariaga, Rosales and Amaria. Uh, Talk about last minute, but they made it happen, but they're at eight. And we have these rumors. Adrian Heath has admitted they are looking at South Korea for a new U twenty two winger option uh, to add to this team. That, of course, individual would take up an international roster spot. So that really begs the question: How is Minnesota going to free up a spot as uh, as we move as we move forward here? Obviously, they could trade for one. I was talking uh, with a Minnesota United spokesperson yesterday at training. They they said there are a few guys that are kind of candidates at this point to get their green card. But here's the deal with the green card situation for people who are wondering. Um, immigration paperwork, immigration processes are not up to the person who is looking to you know get the green card or get whatever, whatever paperwork they need. That is a bureaucratic process at its finest where you are just sitting and waiting. You know, uh, the the spokesperson I spoke to said, you know, we we start the process right away when we can, as soon as we can, to try to get these guys their green cards, to try to get these guys, uh, you know, get, get that immigration paperwork done um, so they're not taking up international roster spots. But that can take weeks, months, years on occasion. Um, if it was if it was that easy, every international player come in would just get their green card like that. But right. that's not, that's not how it goes. So it's not up to the team, but um, I was told there are a few candidates that could get a green card between now and uh, the New York match potentially uh, to free up a spot. Or of course, MLS being MLS, they could trade some Garber bucks for an international roster spot as well. Um, and, you know, there are some teams that have, uh, uh, you know, less than their allotment, uh, less international players than international spots that they have 
And, uh, you know, so the, they could be wanting some GAM or TAM or whatever for that. So there are options, but it's very interesting that Minnesota United has had put so much work just it, just to get to the eight the allotment, allotted spots that they have. Um, and they're looking into bringing, a, bringing another international uh, potentially in a South Korean U-22 winger. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But he does remain hopeful. He used the word hopeful uh, Wednesday in training that the club can announce the signing of a South Korean U-22 winger this week. And um, people I've spoken to around the K-League, um, you know, I was, I've been given a handful of names as potential guys, but there are really two that keep coming up. Um, that's Hyunjun Hun Jun Yang, excuse me, Hyunjun Yang and Sung Ji Yam. Um, you can read more about them at patreon.com slash soda soccer, both wingers. Uh, Yang can play more. He's more flexible in terms of where he can play in the attacking midfield. Uh, but um, yeah, they're looking at to, to boost their wing depth, to boost their wing options, to, to inject some more youth into that attacking front, which I think are all things that Minnesota needs right now. They need wing depth. So Mender Garcia can keep playing striker. <laughs> that's like, that's like a one. Like they need some guys who can, who can back up on the wing, who can play the wing at a high level right now. Uh, so that way Mender can stay up top and whether he's starting or he's backing up Luis Amaria. Um, so he doesn't necessarily have to sacrifice his goal scoring production just to fill a spot for this team. Um, and when you look at where this team is most barren right now in terms of depth, it's definitely the wings. So it's good that they're looking at youth and they're looking at people who can make a make a big, big impact right away. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Uh, I mean, that that was the spotlight was put on that issue uh this weekend or this last weekend when Minnesota United subbed out like three forwards for three mid well, for two midfielders. Yeah. Joseph Rosales was playing the wing. So yeah, there's clearly a need for some depth and, and also for the sake of competition, obviously with Bondi, Fragapane, you want to keep those yeah. guys having to earn their spots, all that kind of stuff. So no, that made sense. And, and obviously, you know, we, we talked about in the past, there were some potential connections to the K league mm-hmm. uh, and to uh, Korean players outside the K league as well. Uh, so, you know, clearly there's some pursuiting still going on in that, that area. So yeah, hopefully that works out. Hopefully they can figure out, uh, a, a green card situation to pair with that to, to your point. Yes. It, believe it or not, folks, immigration is difficult. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and that's even for soccer teams. Uh, so, you know, that's, uh, that's unfortunately coming to play, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's good to see. I think one thing that's nice to see is the team was able to pull off something pretty impressive this weekend, but it's nice that they don't seem to have settled at all for just that. They are no. still pursuing ways to fix this situation or improve the situation, regardless of the fact that with what they have, they were to pull off something impressive in Dallas. So that that's good to see mm-hmm. from a sort of wide shot uh, perspective, I think. No, definitely. And uh, it's not like Mark Watson woke up last Monday and was like, oh, darn, I totally forgot. We need to get these guys their green cards so we can open up some roster spots. No, that's not how that works. It's just right. the way that that these processes work and take right. time. But anyways, more to come, I'm sure, on the transfer rumors, on uh, international roster spots and all that fun MLS stuff uh, as we move kind of forward into the bye week here and next week as we get ready for the uh, week three matchup with New York Red Bulls. Home opener at Allianz Field. Dominic has confirmed he will be there in the stands. So if you see him, say hi. I will be up in the press box myself. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. And of course, we'll have post loons after the match and and written content up on the site on match day as well. Uh, So be sure to take in all that. And if you want daily Minnesota United content in your inbox waiting for you right there with your morning cup of coffee, check out Loons Daily. 
Uh, Loons Daily is a daily Minnesota United newsletter where you know you have just daily Loons content in your inbox. There's no, there's nothing else like it out there for Minnesota United fans right now. So uh, make sure if you are into the Loons and you want that daily content in your inbox, subscribe to Loons Daily. The uh, the link is in the show notes below. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast, so make sure you're checking that out. All right, we are going to talk lower league. Very very exciting stuff. Finally, Dom. A competition that brings together a lot of your favorite local lower league amateur semi-professional teams in one competition. Uh, Minneapolis City and Minnesota Aurora making additions to their 2023 rosters and top four. That is all coming up in a minute here on 10K. But now it is time to talk about our friends over at Pence Homes, P-E-N-T-Z Homes.com. Nate has been supporting Soda Soccer since the very beginning. I emailed Nate before soda soccer was even a thing but before we had a view on our website a a click on our social media before any of that i emailed nate and i was like hey i'm starting this thing i want to be able to pay the content contributors who are you know doing the great work would you be willing to support what we're doing and he said yes and that is because nate is is very very willing and able to support the minnesota soccer community he not only supports what we're doing here at Soda Soccer, he supports uh, the great folks covering the women's game over at Equal Time Soccer. He supports Minneapolis City, Minnesota Aurora. He's a huge Loons fan himself. So he's really ingrained in the Minnesota soccer community, not just from a personal standpoint, but his business, Pence Homes, are really a staple of supporting the Minnesota soccer community as well. And they're also pretty damn good at their jobs, which is helping people buy, sell their homes, uh, handle that whole process in a way that is, you know, low stress and is going to get you the best uh, deal on your new home and get you top dollar for the home that you're moving out of. So if that all sounds good to you, if you want somebody who is kind of ingrained and and, and cares about Minnesota soccer and community soccer like you do uh, to help you with your uh, next home buying or home selling process or both, make sure you're checking out Pence Homes. P-E-N-T-Z homes.com is where you go. Or if I've sold you here and you want to email Nate directly, N-A-T-E, Nate, N-A-T-E, at PenceHomes.com if you're looking to buy or sell in the Twin Cities and surrounding suburbs. And I'm going to finish off here by reading a, a review that I saw on uh, on Google for Pence Homes. This is from Molly B. She says, quote, I had a great experience purchasing a home with Nate Pence as my realtor. He made time to meet with me within a couple days. You hit up Nate, you're meeting with him right away, going over your process, his team is great at, at, at making sure that, I mean, they know the market. They were just down in Florida for some conference where they're lear- continuing to learn and evolve and 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 really make sure that they're doing the best work for you, uh, the individual. So make sure that you are hitting them up and at least checking them out, PENTZHomes.com or email Nate directly, Nate at PenceHomes.com. Huge thanks to Pence Homes for supporting what we're doing here at Soda Soccer and the 10,000 Pitches Podcast. <clears throat> okay. Let's jump into the lower league stuff, Dom. And of course, where else would we start? But the Minnesota Super Cup. The 2023 Minnesota Super Cup has officially been announced, bringing together the top clubs from across Minnesota's lower league soccer scene for a knockout cup competition. World Cup style competition. And if you want to learn more about it, you can check out our exclusive, uh, you know, our exclusive uh, introductory article on it at sodasoccer.com or my exclusive conversation with John Martinson, the creator of the Minnesota Super Cup here on the podcast feed. Uh, Just look, I think just one episode down. It's called Introducing the Minnesota Super Cup, 
you can check out that conversation there. Um, really good insight from John as to you know how he created the, you know what inspired the idea and how he's how he's gone about the process of making this thing happen. But um, as of recording, four teams have officially been announced for this competition: Minneapolis City and Saint Croix Legends of USL League Two, and then Duluth FC and Med City of the NPSL. And Dom, I'm sure the last two will probably be announced by the time people are listening to this, but we kind of do have the exclusive scoop on this, if you will. That's me scooping. Shovel Talk has oh, made God. the 10,000 Pitches podcast as we are scooping up uh, the last two participants in this year's Minnesota Super Cup. That would be Valora FC of the UPSL. And this is really cool, Dom. The Minnesota United U19 team will also be involved in this. So you have four leagues officially represented across six teams. So the final the final rundown is Minneapolis City, St. Croix Legends, both in USL League 2, uh, Med City FC in Rochester, Duluth FC, both in, in PSL. You have Valora FC from the UPSL and MLS Next U19 Minnesota United team. Uh, really cool breadth of uh of teams you know only six teams but from four different leagues and i think as you're kind of scaling this event in future years you kind of do want to crawl before you walk in the situation but i think they've found an effective way to do that while still having a lot of different leagues and areas of minnesota represented yeah absolutely i think there's a really good spread and and like you said particularly for the first year maybe in the future it'll expand to some degree but uh, i think there's a really good spread it represents essentially the you know top performers in the state and in, in their respective leagues uh you know well with valora it's just one from upsl but obviously valora have been very strong and the other top performing uh team is is already minneapolis city so uh but uh you, you know I, I think it's a really good spread i i really look forward to seeing these teams play each other i don't know what the um uh bracket situation will end up looking like in terms of who plays who but uh, I, I, there's some really interesting matchups here, some interleague matchups. You have some teams that have never played each other in an official yeah. match before. Uh, you have some teams, that, of course, that have, say, if Minneapolis City were to play Duluth or Med City. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I mean, even a Valora-St. Croix matchup, for example, would be interesting to me because I don't know what that looks like. Yep, Nobody exactly. knows what that looks like yet. So, Or uh, any one of these teams against – any one of these clubs against the U19s. Like, yeah. that was a, right. that's just in and of itself, like, a really interesting matchup, right? That's a really interesting matchup. Um, having – seen uh last year Duluth FC play uh so basically the the sort of back half of Minnesota United 2 uh and and that closed door friendly uh which which of course is a slightly higher level than the U19s those those were more pro players but uh seeing that sort of comparison you could definitely see how if if a team like Duluth FC or Minneapolis City or Med City any of these teams if they can put together a really good day they very much can go blow for blow with with you know uh sort of a, a lower tier of the minnesota united organization say a u19 team or or mnufc too so uh yeah i i really look forward to seeing what this looks like i've been hearing on and off for a while different team uh owners and people involved in the scene talk about this uh and so it, it's really cool to now see a, ver- a a real version of it come to to surface uh and uh yeah I'm curious also, by the way, to see what the hosting looks like for this and all that yep. sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's a great addition to the the atmosphere here, to the environment, lower league environment in Minnesota. And I think it's a really cool way for all these teams to stay connected without you know having to be in the same league 
if you're going to have three different lower league leagues in Minnesota, this is a great way to make sure that all of that feels collaborative yep. uh, and constructive. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the hosting is interesting because I, they're going to take kind of the, the, con- the, the template that the U.S. Open Cup uses where you have to apply for your home stadium to be used as a host. You have to meet certain specific standards, which I think is really cool. Um, cause so none of these games are going to be played at like a park somewhere with lawn chairs. Like you're going to be playing at actual venues where, uh, you know, you have concessions and sort of all the resources you would need to make that experience a good one. Um, but also, you know, I talked a bit with John and I kind of poked and prod a little bit about like, Hey, are you looking at different like hosting sites for like the final of this tournament, for example? And I, while I, you know, nothing is set in stone yet. I think you don't have to stretch your imagination too far to, you know, think of what particular sites are being uh, pursued and discussed as uh, as neutral sites for this, uh, for the cup final of this tournament, but all in all, very, very cool. Um, and it sounds like uh, late June is kind of the, st- the timeline that they want to get this thing started um uh, so that kind of coincides with like the end of the regular season there might be a little bit of an overlap between the end of these regular seasons and the beginning of uh excuse me late july excuse me sorry late july not late june uh but it's going to kind of coincide with kind of the the tail end of the regular seasons and then into into what would be the first part of the off season that's kind of where where this tournament would go so uh just a really cool concept i'm really excited to see how things shake out uh, with the Minnesota Super Cup in their first year. Um, you can follow them on Twitter and Instagram at MN Super Cup. Uh, that's their social media. And then the website is mnsupercup.com. But again, we know the six teams, and uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get more details as the tournament draws closer and as we kind of get into the spring and the summer and maybe more conversations with Jonathan Martinson too uh, on those details as we progress further. Uh, but speaking of Minneapolis City and USL League 2, two players announced for that roster in 2023 this week. Uh, St. Thomas defender Wes Lawrence who returns to the Crows. And a newcomer, Curtis Wagner from Loyola. He's a, He was a freshman at Loyola this past year. He will join the Crows for 2023 as well. And the Minnesota Aurora in the W League, two big returning signings for 2023. Names you know, names you've heard. Maya Hansen and Kenzie Langdock, two pillars of that uh, inaugural Minnesota Aurora roster are returning for uh, 2023. And we got a newcomer to Aurora as well. The signing of Hannah Adler was announced today at time of recording. Uh, University of Denver alum has played professionally in Israel and Denmark and was on the Racing Louisville roster last in WSL season. Uh, Huge new signing, huge returning signings. Seems like Minnesota Aurora is just going to, you know, I mean, as a club should, as they progress, you know, trying to make that roster better and better and better. Um, and, you know, Hannah Adler is just a huge addition to the big returning signings that they've already announced. Yeah, that's a really cool sort of injection of professional experience into that team. Uh, and, and, and I suppose it's a reflection of the sort of quality of the um, of the product that Minnesota Aurora is able to put together on, on the pitch, obviously doing very well, but also off that you can attract, uh, you know, essentially professional players that are maybe looking to sort of find a relaunch point uh, in their careers or, or, you know, a place to, to think, you know, transition to something else. So um, the fact that they're attracting that kind of experience is really impressive. Uh, that That's a reflection of obviously, you know, and from Adler's perspective, probably seeing the, the, the level of the play, seeing the quality of, of TCO stadium, you know, seeing the fan base, seeing, 
the investment that's coming into the team, I'm sure that's, you know, a, a huge attraction for someone that's looking to, to sort of restart somewhere else. And uh, yeah, really, really cool addition there. And then with, with Hansen and Langdot, great to have some of those returning players coming in to, to have that uh, consistency, continuity with the team from last year, which of course performed so well. Uh, you don't want to just bring in new players. You obviously need at, at this level, you still need to have those long-term pieces, those veterans. So great to see that Aurora is doing that nice mixture. And, and, and by the way, on the note of Minneapolis city as well, doing, doing a bit of that as well, bringing in a good mix of, uh, of returning players and new players as well. So uh, yeah, really exciting science for both teams. Yeah, I, I would completely agree. And um, you know, the, these rosters, as they continue to get better and as they continue to progress, um, hopefully for a Minneapolis city side, that means, you know, further competitiveness in USL league two and Minnesota Aurora, obviously we're looking for them to stay at or near the top and maybe even take that final step into hoisting the trophy at the end of the 2023 season. So uh, more signings to come for both teams and across both, you know, all the local soccer landscape um, as we draw closer to that regular season. Um, other lower league and community news. We have a new team joining the UPSL in the division one level. So this is not the premier level. This is division one. So this will be alongside, you know, a, a Bateau FC, if you will. Um, the 1826 Academy based in Minneapolis. Um, they were just announced this week. It looks like they do have an Instagram. Um, Dom did some digging as, uh, you know, that's, that's what he makes the big bucks for is to do that social media digging and find all the information for us. Uh, so they do have an Instagram. If you want to, if you want to check that out and learn more about them, uh, we retweeted the UPSL announcement as well. If you want to check that out too. Um, but yeah, another team joining the UPSL from Minneapolis. Very cool. Uh, Sioux Falls city's Taylor Thomas has been training with HJK Nyset, the women's side of the famous Finnish Finnish club, uh, HJK. Very cool. Uh, former Rochester FC player, Brandon Comp, Brendan Copeland, excuse me, has signed his first pro contract joining FC Marani Belisi of the Georgian second tier. Um, he attended Concordia Moorhead and Adams state university graduating from Lincoln high school. And then, uh, on the, on the local, local hyper local side, uh, spam FC officially launching their scholarship program, uh, for 2023. So those scholarships are officially open for application as of March 1st. Just go to spamfc.com if you're interested. If you or someone you know is kind of local to like the western suburbs, St. Louis Park area, uh, soccer has affected you or, or that person you know's life in some way, and they were looking to get some scholarship money towards their college tuition, whether they are entering college or, um, you know, in a, in a, now or in a couple of years, um, have them sign up for one of these scholarships. What Spam FC is doing with the Scholarship Foundation is amazing. And we would love to kind of spread that word out and help them get as many applications in as possible and help just help help as many people as possible in the area, you know, know about this and try to take advantage of it as that opportunity to, to get some scholarship money. So um, if that sounds like you or somebody you know who could use some help with that, uh, spamfc.com, apply for the uh, Scholarship Foundation or just learn more about it there. Again, S-P-A-M-F-C dot com there um and then on the east side the lower league e-cup continuing i mean all the northern teams are just uh really thriving in this tournament duluth fc forward madison spam dynamo st cloud superior Wolfpack, all undefeated after two games each uh minneapolis city got back on the board after falling to duluth in the opener um so they are uh, one and one after two games as well they they are looking dangerous as well um but man ufasa himself just, yeah. I mean, he has dominated this tournament largely during its inception. 
And 2023 is no different. Shout out to all the teams and, and all, you know, Evan Warwick is doing great for forward Madison as well. Uh, but man, a two, a two matches, two late winners for Ufasa. The way he streams, you can see him while he's playing too. And he is just going nuts in his Duluth FC jersey. Uh, I love that stuff. And really some, some fireworks, especially on the Northern front and the final version of this tournament. I don't think we could ask for more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for, for the lower league E-Cup, yeah, it's been great. I think uh, to up to a certain point, I think it's not the case anymore. But like several games in, uh, there, there was a stat that they put out that no team from Minnesota or Wisconsin had lost to a team from outside of those two states yep. after at least like a round and a half. I, I, I think now that's not the case anymore. But um, you had some really impressive runs. Yeah, Jufasa is. Uh, really uh, repping Duluth well. Been stressful those games. He's fallen oh, behind man. both games. He's he's conceded first both games, but in both games he's had late winners. Uh, and, and so that the, the one against Labara, I, I I watched his stream for that one. That that was pretty crazy. Yep. Uh, last minute, last kick of the game actually, I think it was. Um. So yeah, big, big shout out to him. Uh, Span FC. Yeah, obviously I think a lot of our listeners already. Kind of, kind of know what what they've got going on over there, but definitely check that out if uh, if uh, if you think you could benefit from the scholarship. And also a quick shout out to Vaughn, who was on the uh, the Town FC podcast not long ago. Um, mm-hmm. Did a great interview there. Um, so so yeah, if if you think that you or someone you know could benefit from that scholarship, absolutely check that out. Uh, and then really cool to have some of these local players. Um, getting some sort of professional opportunities or training with professional teams. That's always a huge hurdle to, to get over. So very cool for both of them. And, and a, a good, uh, a good reflection of the quality that, you know, say, uh, say um, Taylor Thomas, you know, playing in the WPSL last, last summer, a good reflection of the quality you can find in those leads that she's capable of training with, uh, with a really top finished club now uh, for those that, that don't recall H HJK for example is uh, the team that Minnesota United got uh, Rashmus Schuler from. Uh, so I mean they they're uh, serial winners in Finland. So um, that's very cool. Uh, and then with 1826 Academy, yeah, cool to have uh, even more Minnesota presence in the UPSL. They are in Division One as you noted, uh, which I, I think the kind of hasn't been talked about, but but this year is the first year that Minnesota is going to have a proper two tier system in the UPSL. Yep. Uh, you're gonna have some some pretty good teams down there too. I'm not to be perfectly honest, I'm not super familiar with 1826. Some people reached out with some some information that's been very helpful. I appreciate that. And yes, I did find their Instagram. Uh for those looking to to find out more about them, the one thing uh to note is a lot of their stuff uh is titled 18x26, actually, not 1826. So if you're looking for them, try try the X between the the 18 and the 26, and that might help you out as well. But um yeah, so a lot of cool lower league news kind of sprinkled all over the place. Uh, and uh, best of luck to those players going out there and best of luck to everybody applying to the Spam FC scholarships. One uh, one final piece of news. This actually broke Wednesday. Uh, Minnesota United 2, MNUFC 2, signs defender Britton Fisher from North Carolina FC. Um, it's a two-year MLS Next Pro contract. Um, he came up through North Carolina FC's academy system. And, you know, I talk about this a lot, both on this podcast and I talked about it last year on the Ford or the Ford Madison podcast that we have, Talking Flock. North Carolina is is a very, very sneaky good uh, academy system. They're in the USL, so they don't necessarily get the get the get the hype that uh, that, a, that an FC Dallas does or, you know, the, the Union Academy and MLS. 
but the North Carolina FC Academy is producing some really good players. You can see that with their senior team in USL League One. Uh, they had a 16-year-old starting for them a couple of years ago uh, when they were not very good, but that's because they had so many young players, and now you're really starting to see them become a power in USL League One. Um, so it's a very, very good academy system. So any player that comes up through that is a great prospect for anyone that is looking to add to their main roster, let alone, let alone a reserve roster. Um, so Britton Fisher, uh, you know, he's a 19-year-old center back. He's from Greenville, North Carolina. Um, he appeared in 30 matches last year for North Carolina, or excuse me, 30 matches in total between 2021 and 2022. Um, and, you know, I mean, more center back options. Can't have enough center back options for Minnesota United. We've seen how barren it is at center back and how, and how frustrating it is when this team is bearing at center back. So bring in all the center backs on the reserve team and, and let's see who can, uh, who can show out and maybe make the main roster. But I mean, kids 19 years old, just turned 19. Um, he was out training with the first team on Wednesday uh, in Blaine. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how this signing uh, progresses, but uh, you know, more young talent. Again, we talk about this all the time, but that's the, the low risk, high reward nature of having a reserve team is you can bring in guys like this and really just test them out on that second team side and see what they can bring. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think that, you know, this is the kind of player that you want coming into an MLS Nets pro team. You want uh, opportunity for him to get a little more exposure. Obviously, he was already with a pro club, but you, you want uh, a chance to have them in your development pool. And uh, and yeah, by the way, to your point, uh, North Carolina and, you know, a little sneaky in their development strength and really the, the southeast of the country uh, is kind of mm-hmm. a, for whatever reason, we don't associate that part of the country with soccer. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. We should. <laughs> really should. I don't know, you know, what all the factors are. I don't know if it's, you know, obviously there's a lot of big colleges, athletic programs on there. I don't know if it's, yep. uh, you know, immigration. Pattern. I don't know what it is, but the, the southeast of the United States, I mean, you saw this last weekend, uh, you know, Atlanta United and Charlotte, you know, bring an insane amount of people to those two games and that's i think a reflection of uh actually really strong soccer culture down there so yeah um yeah so that's all i got on that one but all right all right before we get to top four i do want to shout out a uh a company that has been supporting not only soda soccer since the beginning but 10 the ten thousand pitches podcast since the very beginning that's our friends over at stimulus athletic if you are a team coach, a team owner, whether it's a youth club, a lower league team, whatever, we have, I know we have a lot of you that listen to this podcast. So listen up, perk your ears up. Um, your team deserves custom design jerseys. Your team deserves better than plain insert name brand here jerseys for 2023. Uh, with stimulus, you can make that happen quickly, efficiently, and a price that's not going to break your bottom break your uh, bottom dollar. Um, it is it, with stimulus. You can just get you can get custom designed jerseys that your players are going to love, that your fans and your players' parents and all the people around your club are going to want to wear and represent and buy from you. Uh, so if you're if that sounds good, if that sounds like something you might be interested in, getting new jerseys, custom jerseys, custom apparel for your team in 2023, it is not too late to make that happen if you play in the summer. You know, we're about, you know, two and a half months away from the lower league season starting. Um, it is not too late to hit up Stimulus about outfitting your youth club, youth organization, lower league club, whatever it is. They do it all. Um, they do jerseys. They do hoodies. They do zip-ups. They do backpacks. They do <laughs> name it. And they do it at Stimulus Athletics. So make Stimulus your choice for the season ahead. Visit StimulusAthletic.com. Click that uh, Start Your Design button to get started today. I do want to note, 
this is a really cool feature on Stimus's website that I think goes underrated. They have a design your own feature on the website. It's like, you know, you know how Nike has that design your own shoe feature on their website. I'm sure a lot of people listen to that. A lot of people play around with that. You can do the same with soccer jerseys on Stimulus's website. You can be your own designer and you don't have to have any design experience, expertise. You don't have to have a creative bone in your body to be able to create a cool design kit with Stimulus's design your own feature. So if you go to stimulusathletic.com, uh, you know, find that design your own tab and play around with it. Play around with jerseys, play around with apparel, play around with backpacks uh, and see what you can create for your club today. Again, Stimulus Athletic. Minneapolis-based organizations doing great work for the local soccer community and providing that access to those cool kids. All right, top four time, Dom. Uh, Quickly kind of rapid fire these here. Uh, First things first, St. Louis City wins their first MLS match in history, going down to Q2 Stadium, beating Austin, um, you know, being the beneficiary of one of the most head-scratching goals I've probably ever seen conceded in my life. Uh, as uh, Jared Stroud gets a pass sent directly to him from an Austin FC defender and uh, puts it away very, very easily for the equalizer. And then St. Louis would would score the winner, uh, I believe, in the 86th minute off a uh, Joao Klaus uh, winner there. But uh, very cool for St. Louis City, regardless, getting a win in their first MLS game on the road. Really cool for that fan base as they now go back home for the home opener uh, against Charlotte FC. That's going to be a pretty raucous environment. Yeah, absolutely. And they had to wait a lot less time than almost every other expansion team, I think, in lead history. So that, that's yeah. that's cool for them. Yeah. Um, my, my first top four is a, is a quick shout-out. This is actually technically Minnesota United news, but uh, may or may or not have, have noticed uh, Minnesota United has a, a new uh, partnership with uh, Grand Casino. Mm-hmm. And uh, a cool detail of that is that they're partnering up with uh, the Mille Lacs band of Ojibwe, who, who of course uh, managed Grand Casino. Uh, and uh, there's there's a couple of different things, a couple of different initiatives in relation to that, including that they're going to be building one of their mini pitches, like the ones they built uh, in St. Paul. Uh, they said within the Mille Lacs band of Ojibwe community, I don't know if that means like on reservation land or if that means at an urban center, but uh, cool that they're doing an initiative connect there. And also they're going to be hosting along with Grand Casino uh, a soccer celebration day that is in collaboration with the Malax band. So just a cool uh, sort of uh, example of outreach and, and, and interaction uh, by Minnesota United with the, the greater Minnesota community. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, you, you love to see that, that outreach happening and uh, very cool. I mean, very cool. I've, I've been to Grand Casino before. I've had a great time at Grand Casino before. So cool to see them kind of sponsoring the, the brew hall. And I'm really excited to see what they can kind of bring to the brew hall, um, you know, from a, from an activities uh, standpoint as well. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, fun times had this season at the at the new kind of brew hall set up there. All right, Dom, it is, to- it is time for you and I to make our picks for MLS Week 2. Uh, this is presented by our friends over at Better Edge. As I mentioned, B-E-T-T-O-R, Edge dot com slash loons gets you twenty dollars in your account it's a community betting site better edge is not a sports book that is going to profit off of your loss they are uh, a community betting platform that allows you to uh you know bet with friends against friends you know whatever it is um on uh on nba mls mlb nfl college doesn't matter um you can check it out b-e-t-t-o-r edge.com yes it is legal to use Better Edge in Minnesota. All right, Dom, I'm going to let you get started here. 
who is kind of your your the one matchup you're looking at as you know not a guaranteed win but one that you know a match that you're pretty confident in saying uh you, you know you're gonna pick a winner from um i am quite confident that there's a couple i'm trying to decide what am i one zero in on here uh i think My my upset pick. This is a bit of an upset, but this is my my. Okay, pick. we'll each make two. We'll each make kind okay. of a, a, a high confidence okay. pick, and then kind okay. of an upset okay. pick. That, How about that? Uh, okay, my my high confidence pick actually will just will be New England beating Houston. That's mm-hmm. my that's my clean yeah. cut one. <laughs> that's my <laughs> clean cut one. Yes, that that that's a, that's an easy one. My my maybe sort of wild card one is I actually think um, for some reason I think that Inter Miami is going to beat Philadelphia. They look good in week one. So I think Joseph Martinez is going to get his first Miami goal. And I think that they're going to beat the Union. So that, that's they look my, pretty good uh, in week one. Yeah. That's another, that was another unexpected dub uh, was uh, Inter Miami. Um, okay. My high confidence pick is Columbus Crew over DC United. Um, I, even though they lost 4 1, I thought I saw the crew do some really good things against Philadelphia in week one. And I think Philadelphia is just anybody who plays Philadelphia. You just picked Inter Miami, but I really do think anybody who plays Philadelphia is going to have a really rough time this year, especially on the road. I think the only, the only way teams can sneakily beat Philadelphia is kind of around CCL time when I think Mm. the union are really going to be focusing on CCL this year. Um, So early in the season. So maybe, um, that's an opportunity for somebody else to kind of sneak in. But um, yeah, even though the crew lost four and one, I still think they're going to be pretty darn good this season. So my high confidence pick is crew over uh, DC United. Uh, my upset special, my upset pick uh, this week is um, they're back at home. I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. Um, I think they're on the up and up. I'm picking Chicago fire over NYCFC. Uh, that is my, that is my upset pick uh, for uh, this weekend. And that's all presented by Better Edge. Again, betteredge.com slash loons. Use that link and you get $20 in your account at betteredge.com. Minneapolis-based company uh, kind of revolutionizing the social betting um, you know, industry, if you will. All right, Dom, wrap us up with your final one. All right, this is just a, a complete random other thing from what we were just talking about. But a, a cool thing that is happening, uh, for those that don't know, the Federated States of Micronesia, uh, that's exactly what you expected to hear, uh, is... Um, <laughs> has a new FA. They didn't really... So the the FSM were, are, one of six sovereign nations in the world not affiliated with FIFA. These are like confirmed mm-hmm. nationally agreed upon sovereign countries that don't have FIFA recognition. They are trying to work on that. They formed a yeah. proper FA now, and they now have a Twitter account. It's a real FSM football. And uh, they're kind of doing this whole initiative to try to... Uh, uh, expand the game out of you know it has a strong local presence within the the micro states in micronesia uh but it does it, you know they don't have a national team they don't have that sort of proper format they're working on that i think that's a cool project uh so go go give them a look if you're kind of interested in a incredibly sort of underdog uh story that's developing in international football all right that'll do it for this week's episode of Ten Thousand pitches full disclosure guys i'm bumping up on a work meeting here uh as we're as we're wrapping up so we're gonna wrap this up really quickly thanks to the folks at pence homes better edge and stimulus athletic for helping support the work we are doing thanks to everybody who's supporting us at patreon.com soda soccer and again next week if you are a soda soccer super sub 
10 a.m. Central Time on Thursday. You'll be able to tune in live on Patreon to next week's episode of 10,000 Pitches. And uh, check us out on YouTube as well to see our smiling faces uh, for 10,000 Pitches in the future. For Dominic Jose Bazonio, I'm Jeremy Rushing. We will see you next time on 10K. Later.